I want to just say welcome, and I want to welcome all those who are watching online. <clears throat> I want to take a moment and just do a shout out to a group of people that are watching from Iowa. Um, this last week, I did a funeral for a cousin of mine who was also my basketball coach in college and a mentor. And a lot of them said they were going to be watching this morning. So I just want to say good morning and welcome. I'm glad you've joined us this morning. All right, so here's my prayer for you. My prayer for you is that you get everything you want for Christmas. And I pray that you would just eat everything you want to eat and realize that over Christmas, the good Lord's going to give you a pass, okay? Just kidding. But you know, this is a festive time of year. It's a time when we hang out. It's a time that we spend time with family. But I just want to give us one more reminder of why we are in the season and the reason for the season. And so I just want to kind of give a disclaimer ahead of time. At the end of this message, I'm going to ask you for a response, okay? Part of that response is going to be is we're going to sing a song, Emmanuel, God with us. But the other part of that is I'm going to give anybody here who has not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in their life, I want to give you an opportunity to be able to do that because I just want you to know without a shadow of a doubt that your future is secure. And the only way that can, that can happen is through Jesus Christ. I want you to know in the first service, three people, three people came and received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, okay? So, it's Christmas time, and I don't know about you, but Christmas time is a time when I just like to watch movies. Lori and I watch a lot of movies during Christmas time. The problem is, is she always wants to watch Hallmark movies. But the other day, what I was doing, I was just kind of going through a bunch of the movies that I haven't seen for a long time. And then on the radio came up this question. And the question was this. I thought it was really good. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Okay, now. Yes, guys. Okay, now here's what happened. So they asked guys, all the guys, and all the men said, of course Die Hard is a Christmas movie. In fact, 60% of the men said Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And then they asked the ladies, less than 20%. So is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I don't know. I think it is, and that's all that matters, right? All right, okay. So as I was going through all of my movies, there was a movie that I picked out that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I know that some of you guys, you're going to love this. I'm not sure where your ladies are. But the movie is entitled Crimson Tide. Ooh, good one, huh? It stars Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman. All right, now, this movie kind of runs parallel with a real-life incident that happened during the Cuban Missile Crisis, Okay. What happened was is that in the movie, there's this renegade Russian Republic, and they threatened to launch a nuclear missile. So the U.S. Alabama, which is a nuclear sub, is sent into the region to protect the country, to protect the world, basically, from a nuclear war. All right, now, in the Navy, and especially with nuclear submarines, there's something, a, a communication system, and it's called an EAM. An EAM is an emergency action message, okay? So what happens is, is that this message comes from headquarters. And whenever a missile, before a missile can be launched, an EAM has to come to that, that particular ship or submarine, okay? <clears throat> All right, now, <clears throat> excuse me. So... 
An EAM, in order for an action to be taken, it has to be authenticated. And the way you authenticate a message of such caliber is this. The senior officers, the junior officer first reads the message out loud. Then the senior officer also reads the message out loud. And if they match exactly, then they concur it is in, in, factual, it is in actuality a confirmed message. It's authentic, okay? So in this movie then, there's a, there's a message that comes in and the message doesn't get through completely. So the captain, the, the admiral in this case, he, he wants to launch a, a, a missile, but the XO is saying, no, 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 we can't. We've got to make sure we get the message first. Why? Because the guidelines say before any action is taken, you must be able to authenticate the message, all right? All right, now, in our story today, the angels come to a group of shepherds and they give them a message. And then the angels ask the shepherds to authenticate the message. Why? To make sure it's real. Stand with me out of respect for God's word. As I read from John chapter two, <coughs> excuse me, verses 10 through 12. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray together. Father, a message was delivered to a group of shepherds with a sense of urgency. May I, too, go and see this thing that has happened so that I, too, may proclaim Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And it's in that name I pray, amen. You may be seated. All right, so <clears throat> the long-awaited savior of the world has now been born in Bethlehem. What I want you to, to understand about this is that when the long-awaited savior was born in Bethlehem, the world was tired, dark, and it was exhausted. In fact, history tells us that there was this despair and weariness that was found among men throughout the entire world. No wonder that when the angels came and delivered the message to the shepherd, no wonder they were met with what? Fear. Ladies and gentlemen, during this time in the world, men were afraid. They were very afraid. And they were afraid of many things. One of them was Herod. King Herod, Herod the Great, as he was known, or as he called himself, King Herod thought he was a god. In fact, there were times, history tells us, that he refers to himself as the savior of the world. 
Now, don't get too excited about that because that was his downfall, as we'll find out later on in the story. But he was a cruel and a wicked man. He was all about Herod. If you go to Israel and you go to the temple, one of the things that you will see is Herod was into building the best. He was very talented as an architect. In fact, architects still use some of the things that he did. It's amazing how he was, to, how he was able to build this temple, and it was absolutely beautiful. But the real reason that Herod built the temple, they say was he wanted to pacify the Jews, but the real reason he built the temple is he wanted people to see, look what King Herod built. But that isn't all he did. He also wanted a bigger house than everybody else, and he wanted a bigger house than the temple, and he wanted it higher than the temple. So if you go outside the city of Jerusalem up on the hill, you know what you're gonna see? You're gonna see Herod's palace, and it was absolutely huge. Now, Herod had a bad habit. If he didn't like you, he had one simple way that he took care of you. He killed you. Do you realize that this man was so ruthless that if he thought that even if his children were after his throne, he killed them? And that's exactly what he did. You know how he did it? He threw them off the side of the mountain. If you were on his bad side or if you were in his doghouse, let me tell you, life was miserable and you lived in fear. And that's why when the Bible tells us later on, when the wise men come, that Herod was upset, you know what? So was the rest of the city. Now you know why. Because if Herod was in a bad mood, your life could be in danger. But that wasn't the only reason they had something to be afraid of. You know what the other reason was? The Romans. The Romans were in charge. And the Romans were all about pain. Your punishment was always instant pain, and they were masters at creating and inflicting pain. Now, this is just two of the many things that the people were afraid of. And, and you know, when I think about this, I think about, wow, here are these men some 2,000 plus years ago that lived in fear, and you know what? Here we are today, and we still live in fear, don't we? COVID, inflation, maybe if you're going to have a job, Maybe if, uh, if you're going to be able to gather together with your family. I mean, fear still seems to be seen and felt all through our society, especially recently. So when the angels come to the disciples, or excuse me, the shepherds who are out in the fields watching their flocks by night, the very first thing the angel says to them is what? Fear not. In the Bible, it tells us more than 365 times, don't be afraid. Why do you think the Bible tells us that so much? Because the Bible knows we're afraid. But here's what I want you to understand. On that night in the field, in the starry sky, when this heavenly being came out, they were afraid. But do you, did you remember? What was it that the angels said to the shepherds? Don't be afraid. And then the angels gave them the reason why. Do you remember what they said? Don't be afraid. Why? Because I bring good news. My dear friends in Christ, the way we get over fear, the way we defeat fear is with good 
news. And the good news, the angels say, bring tidings of great joy. You don't have to be afraid in this world. And the reason that you don't have to be afraid, the Bible tells us, is because of the good news. And that good news brings us great joy. So at Christmas time, what do we do? We celebrate the baby at, at, at Bethlehem, right? Why? Because that baby brings us good news. And now we can have joy. You know what? I don't know about you, but I've never known anybody who doesn't like good news. Have you? I mean, think about this. Get an A on your report card. Maybe she said yes. Maybe she said no. <laughs> Maybe you got a bonus. Maybe you got a raise. Maybe you got the job that you didn't think you were going to get. Maybe Aunt Edna, who just passed away, just left you a million dollars. Okay? But you know what? We love good news, right? Now, I don't want you to miss this next statement. The reason the good news are so good is because the bad news are so bad. Just think about that. The reason that the good news of the angels is so good is because the bad news are so bad. So let me just remind you, what's the bad news? Spiritual death, separation from God for eternity in a place of judgment called hell. That's the bad news. And so when the angels came to the shepherds who were watching their sheep by night, they told them, don't be afraid, for I bring you good news. How many of you have lost a loved one in the last five or six months? Anybody? We lost one of our children's pastors here. We lost Pastor Jeff, didn't we? We're still grieving that. I think I've done... 12 or 13 funerals for COVID individuals. It hasn't been a fun time. There's been a weariness. There's been a, there's been a lot of grieving. But I want you to know something. This past week when I went to Denver, Colorado, and I did this service, I couldn't help but smile. You see, Jules was a pastor. And he was an incredible man of God. And wherever he was, he just seemed to bring people together. But here's why I understand and, I, and why I can talk about the good news. Because I remember looking at him in that casket. And you know what the thought that came to my mind? It was the Holy Spirit who said, that's not him. Don't be fooled by what you see. He's alive. And he's more alive than he has ever been before. He is with his Savior. And so you know what? It's easy to go out and preach a funeral when you know the good, the, that the sad news has been replaced by the good news, the fact that Jesus came, which gives us great joy, right? And so when I do a service, it's not goodbye. It's just, I'll see you later, right? And that's what I want you to have this morning with your loved ones and with you in your own life. I want you to be able to tell your children, listen, when the Lord calls me home, you don't have to worry. 
You may see me in this box, but it's not me. It's just this shell. Oh, I'll be alive. And the reason I'll be alive is because of that baby that was born in Bethlehem. And he came into my heart, and I received him. And because of that, my destiny changed. And so I want to know that the ultimate destination of every human being in the world, when they receive Jesus Christ, that baby of Bethlehem, changes immediately. Because now we have a home. And it's where? It's in heaven with Jesus. Let's for a minute, let's go back a ways to the garden, okay? Let's go back to the garden. And I want you just to think about this because I'm going to share it as I would read it from the Gospel of Bob, okay? All right, so back in the garden... It's day six, Adam and Eve have been created and God is walking with Adam and they're just walking through the garden and God is saying, hey Adam, I just wanted to show you what I made for you. Isn't it good? And Adam's probably saying, wow, this is unbelievable, Lord. I never, this is is the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen in my life. And then God says to Adam, you know what, Adam, I made this all for you. It's all for you to enjoy. And Adam, I just want you to look at all of the fruit that's on the trees. It's perfect. And Adam, I don't want you to have to worry about anything. You know what, Adam? Everything is for you. Now, Adam, I want you to come over here, and I want you to look at these two trees here, okay? And I just want you to notice that these trees are in the middle of the garden, okay? They're there for a reason. Because every day... As you walk past these trees, I want you to remember, I gave you a choice. You can choose to do life your own way, or you can choose to follow me. And here's what I mean by that, Adam. See this tree here? This tree is called the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam, look at me, right here. The day you eat of that tree, you will surely die. All of the rest of the trees are yours to enjoy. Don't worry about the calories. There's no such thing. And it's all here for you to enjoy. But this tree, don't eat of it because you'll die. So enter into the garden now, Satan. And look what he says. He's talking to Adam and Eve, specifically to Eve, and he says, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. That was the line that Satan used, and you know what? It worked, didn't it? And Adam and Eve were deceived, and they disobeyed, and they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They fell under God's judgment And God's judgment is death. From that point on, everything that ever lived on the face of the earth would have to die. Now, here's what I want you to hear from this. We were not created from the beginning to die. Do you understand that? Do you understand how important it is for us to understand that? God did not create us to die. But when sin came into the world, God is a holy God, and he pronounced judgment. 
Now, here's what I want you to know. Even though God pronounced judgment, he paved a way, didn't he? And what he simply said is, okay, this has taken place, but I've already got a plan, and the plan is going into action immediately. Now, my friends, listen to me. That's why the angel's message turned the sorrow and the fear of the shepherds into great joy. You ever wondered why the angels went to a group of shepherds? A group of low-life, stinky shepherds. Did you know that the shepherds, when you look at the social ladder, the shepherds were just one rung above another group of people. You know who that group of people was? It was the lepers. And the lepers were outcasts. That's how low the shepherds were. I want you to think about this. So these shepherds were called ceremonially unclean. And the reason they were unclean is because they watched sheep 24-7. They never participated in a Sabbath. So they were unclean. They were outcasts. And yet, these were the ones who did what? They were the ones who raised the lambs that were used, we think, for the lambs that would be used as a sacrifice in the temple. But they were considered unclean. I want you to pause that story right here, and I just want you to focus something over here. Have you noticed how Jesus' birth runs parallel to that? Here's what I mean. Jesus was born in a stable, in a feeding trough, not a palace. Jesus' mom and dad were so poor that when they went for the, for the purification, they could only afford a couple of birds. On top of that, when Jesus was crucified, the Bible tells us he was crucified like a criminal. Now listen, at a place called Golgotha. Now here's what you need to know about Golgotha. It was a place where people traveled through all the time. It was a busy road. You want to know why? Because the Roman soldiers had set it up there that when you walked by, you saw. If you mess with the Roman government, this is what's going to happen to you. And they led and they struck fear in the people. So think about this. A manger, a feeding trough. The first witnesses are a bunch of low-life shepherds. The family was poor, and Jesus was crucified on a wooden cross. Now, here's something very important. What do all of these things have in common? Here's the point. What they all have in common is one thing. Accessibility. accessibility anyone could get to them anyone could get to a baby born in the manger anyone could get to a poor family anyone could get to Jesus on the cross and that's why Jesus came because he was accessible to everyone the Bible tells us in Isaiah did you know this the Bible tells us in Isaiah that even to look at him was nothing special he didn't look any better than anybody else you wouldn't say, boy, that Jesus, he's a handsome boy. Nope, the Bible says no. Isn't that amazing? But the reason that God did that was so that we would have access to them. All right, now, I want to start bringing this to a close, okay? Here we go. Do you see the parallel between what happened with the birth of Jesus 
in Bethlehem and Jesus coming into your heart. As soon as I, I think about that, I'm reminded of two little children, Nicole and Daniel, singing a song, Into My Heart, Into My Heart, Come Into My Heart, Lord Jesus. We celebrate the birth of the baby Bethlehem, but while we celebrate that, we also remind ourselves, as important as that is, that's not nearly as important as Jesus coming and taking up residence in your heart, right? Here we are, some 2,000 plus years later, and to this day, we still have to remember that Jesus came upon this earth to die. And as important as that is, the most important thing is, is that that good news, in order for it to be, bring us good tidings of great joy, there's two things that have to happen. And here's the first one. You have to be told. Right? You have to be told. And the second thing is, you have to receive it. So my dear friends in Christ, you've been told. Now the question is, will you receive it? Will you receive that baby born in Bethlehem as who he truly is, your Lord and your Savior? Because the moment that you do, your destination changes. And now your destination is home, home in heaven. And that means that you recognize that if my home is in heaven, this is not my home. And so that if this is not my home, then there must be a reason why God has me here. My heaven, my home is in heaven, so now I'm here to do what the shepherds were asked to do when they authenticated the message by going and seeing the baby who was born in Bethlehem. The Bible tells us immediately they went and they told that which they had seen. And that's what God wants us to do. He's told us the story through his word. Now he's saying, central community, go and share this with everyone and everybody you possibly can. And how have we chosen to do that? Through random acts of kindness. I love this church. I love every one of you, and I'm so proud of you. And you know, when you think about all of the things that we've been able to do for Jesus, we gave shoes to a group of kids that didn't have shoes. We've delivered beds to thousands of people that never had beds. We took goodies to all the nurses and care packages of the nurses in 259. We've taken food to the nurses in NICU and ICU and all of these places just to let them know somebody's been thinking about them. We just fed over 2,000 families and now tomorrow and the next day we're getting ready to take a bunch of cookies to a bunch of prisoners who have no hope. And what is that baby born at Bethlehem? <laughs> He's hope. He is hope. And you know what? There are a group of men that hang sheets in front of their bars to give them some privacy who are thinking, I have no family. I have no one who cares about me. I have nothing to look forward in my life and they're angry, and they're depressed. And then one day, a gentleman comes with a bag of cookies from a church. None of the cookies are broken. They're all homemade. 
and God whispers in the ear of that man, I see you. I know your name. And today I have remembered you. You have hope. And his name is Jesus, the hope of the world. Remember, we don't want to be a church that's known for what we're against. We want to be a church who is known for what we believe in. And we believe in Jesus, don't we? And that's why we're going out. But for those of you who are here today, and maybe for someone who's watching online, I want to make sure that you just don't believe that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. I want to make sure that you've received him in your heart. So I'm going to ask Pastor John, or excuse me, Justin and um, Pastor Jordan, would you come and stand over here? And Pastor Justin, if you would come and stand over here. And we're going to stand, and we're going to close with a song. And I just want to say to anybody who is out there, <clears throat> if the Holy Spirit has been tugging in your heart, don't wait. Be obedient. I know you look around and think, man, there's a lot of people in here. Don't worry about it. They all love you, Right? And we all want you to be a part of the body of Christ. But you have to make that decision. What does the Bible say? If I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. And that's what we want. There may be some of you in here today who are just going through some hard times. You've lost a loved one. Maybe you've got a loved one that's in the hospital. You just need somebody to pray over you and to give you and remind you of hope. You can come down, we'll pray for you. But don't leave today until you've answered the call. Let's sing the song together. just want to say one other thing okay that was our warm-up verse and I just want to say to us is that as we're singing I want you to know the Holy Spirit's working and as he's working your praise and worship to God is an encouragement to others who are walking who are watching excuse me so let's sing that one more time and again just step out come down you don't have to be embarrassed we'll be here waiting with for you in open arms Pastor George
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. And I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that is working in our lives today. And I thank you, Lord, for these couples that have come forward who don't just believe that Jesus was born at Bethlehem, but they believe that the invitation was that he has also been born in our hearts. And so, Father, as we embrace this incredible promise, this incredible gift, I pray, Lord God, that we now would go and tell others, to share with others the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And may that good news give us joy beyond joy. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Receive the benediction, okay? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his joy, and his strength. Go, that baby has been born, not just in Bethlehem, but in your heart. We'll see you for Christmas Eve. God bless you.